I was supposed to tell this story about how Kane had this girlfriend that he killed in a car crash. And it was just insane. And it ends up, I'm at a funeral home with a dummy in a coffin. Oh, my God. With Kane's mask on, pretending I'm Kane, I'm on top of the coffin having mock sex with this mannequin. Oh my God, no! And, oh and, Jesus Christ! Oh yeah, and and Vince is yelling at me. God damn it! Do it harder! Make more noise and stuff. It's got to be over the top. I really did. I screwed your brains out. Yeah, maybe we'll get Conrad to stop saying Roll Tide for a couple of weeks now. Oh, my God. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I was listening to uh, I listened to an old episode of Matt Hardy. It was about his addiction. and uh, About Conrad, Matt's addiction? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Conrad's addiction to food. No. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was free basing a couple of barbecue sandwiches a week. I don't know if you knew that or not. I have done that before. <laughs> One of my low moments in life. <laughs> no, it's about and they're trying. They're, now it was it was a very good podcast, but I don't know who the guy who does it, and they have to try to work in the sponsors. Like, yeah, man, I know you're at your lowest point, uh, point there, and you were trying to snort Adderall off of a rock in a park somewhere. But how about Manscaped? Your balls need to be trimmed. <laughs> It's kind of hard to work those in, you know. Yeah, that was that's uh that's rough, man. And it, those and transitions. They hear the king of Huntsville. Hey, if you want to save a couple of mortgage payments and uh, shorten your mortgage as you're crawling around in an alley looking for your next hit, call me at Family Mortgage of Shitville or whatever. The, I can't remember <laughs> the company. Whatever it is. Well, if it has family in the name, it's legit. You know, that's how that goes. <laughs> everything is like, I don't understand. I don't, it, everything's got family in it. Stop with the family shit. <laughs> uh, are you, are you up to date on this Ariel Helwani interview with, uh, with Tony that everybody was bitching about for a couple of days ago? Uh, I, I've seen bits and pieces of it. I haven't like read the whole transcript or anything like that. Or it's I up on heard it. The whole thing's on YouTube, and I don't know if it's on Ariel's webcast, on his podcast or whatever. I saw it on, on YouTube. And, and it's really, I think Tony looks terrible in the whole thing. Like, <laughs> I just, like the, way, the way he comes out or yeah. like the way he oh, physically looks. Exactly. Like, hey, man, it's so great. I want to hang out with you. And, hey, can you come up? If you want to come up for the game, with the, it's going to be the Jets and the Jaguars on the 22nd of December. We'd love to have you, man. Okay, cool. Hey, what about that thing where the guy beat the guy up backstage at your um, at your show? I don't talk about that. Okay, uh, what about where the other guy beat the other guy up backstage? I, I don't want to talk about that. Okay, um, like the thing that you said where you used to be friends with Triple H and you're not anymore. Can you tell us? I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> so it was a lot, a lot of fifth pleading. It was really, it was. I mean, I understand that you can't get it. This was the one that got me. Was he goes. Ariel asked a completely legitimate question is how did it make you feel to see Cody back in WWE after all you guys had been through, you started this company together. How did that make you feel? I I, don't, I can't talk about that. I'm not talking about the motherfucker. I'm not talking about the legal machinations and somebody storms in and throws a contract that says, fuck you. I never want to see you again. And blah, blah, blah. I'm not talking about that. I'm just like, how did you feel when you like, when you saw him back on WWE, did it bum you out? Were you like, I'm proud of him. I'm happy. You could you could comment yeah, some on that. human okay. feelings here. That's all we want. It's just it's fucking insane. And then of course Meltzer and Alvarez, like Alvarez, who hadn't seen the interview, and that was his mistake in admitting that was like, well, you just ask a question, then you move on if he doesn't answer it. And, it, and Ariel pointed out it was ninety seconds. It was just ninety seconds of him trying to get an answer about the CM Punk situation, and he's not like trying to get, hey, is somebody going to be charged with assault? Hey, is this going to happen? It, it wasn't any of that. It was just like, can you just tell us anything? anything right. at all about it <laughs> right and well you know i, I mean that, I, to be honest unless i'm missing something that whole thing has been kept pretty much under the the rug since it happened i mean there was the you know the the blast over it when it right after it happened you know all over the internet but as far as like anything after it's cooled down any kind of details and shit man it's been quiet as a church mouse well, if they could have done that well and keeping shit quiet beforehand, they wouldn't be at this point now. Hey, man, they? I can't argue with that. <laughs> if they could, have, if people could have shut their dick lickers, as uh, Jim Cornette likes to say. <laughs> 
beforehand, before all this went nuts and people started throwing fists and chairs and shit at each other, then maybe we wouldn't be at the point where we are now, which is, by the way, absolutely nowhere because Tony says the whole thing's been overblown. The whole thing about backstage problems has been yeah. overblown. Exactly why we hadn't heard anything about it. <laughs> you know, it just happened every week at Crockett back in 86. They were just throwing yeah. fists at each other backstage. Black Jack and Wahoo just, just going bam, at it. Bam, it was bam, beating the shit out of each other. And it's just, I love, I love that. I love, it's also like the, with the Draymond Green situation in the NBA, all like, all, everybody's like, ah, oh, man, the fights and shit happen all the time. Fights and shit, they happen all the time. You guys just don't understand. You're a bunch of pussies. You don't get how sports work. And so, and then you see the video, and of course, he he really knocks him unconscious. I don't know if you've seen it, but he knocks him unconscious. Jordan Jordan Poole is knocked unconscious, and his body is limp to the point where, like, Draymond even goes, Well, I'm not going to attack you anymore because you're unconscious. Well, at least he does have some sort of soul. (laughs) Right. But then it's like the 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 problem becomes. I can't believe this video got leaked out. We're a family yeah. here. Oh yeah, that sounds familiar. Isn't, isn't the problem that you hit somebody and like the, like in the stupidest way possible over nothing, and you may have anger management issues because this has happened before? No, the problem is this got leaked out to TMZ. Damn it! It's a huge issue. <laughs> You've heard me do that. You've heard me do that analogy, that Donald Trump analogy on, on Brad and Britt, where it's like you're at a dinner party and everybody's having a good time, sipping on cocktails and eating finger sandwiches. All of a sudden, yeah. some guy takes off his pants and takes a shit like in the middle of the living room. And then <laughs> yes. you're over in the corner and you go, Bob, why did you take a shit? Hey, why do you keep talking about me taking a shit? It's already happened. It's over, Britt. It's over. <laughs> Quit talking about it. Move on. That's that's basically what we get, right? That's exactly what we get. Why do you keep talking about this shit I took? When nobody, everybody's okay with it, okay? It already happened. <laughs> You're making a big deal out of this. <laughs> oh I mean, it's kind of it's it's semi gaslighting. It is kind of semi gaslighting to be semi. Like, why why do you keep? But then Ariel goes on. Another podcast, and I'm sorry, I don't know the guy's name, but it was on Wrestling Observer, and he talks about it. And he goes, it's bullshit that Brian should talk about this because he didn't listen to the interview. And it was only 90 seconds of the interview. Okay. I always love, by the way, the the time frame thing. It's only 90 seconds. How long did it take for uh, Oswald to shoot Kennedy? What was that, like like 30, 45 seconds? Everybody keeps talking about this 45 seconds. Why are we we concentrating on that? I don't get it. That's fine. He's right about that. And then his his thing is, um, people people on the internet are just stupid and crazy, and they shouldn't do this. And then, as you continue on with the conversation, Ariel's kind of like, eh, it's okay for people to be okay and have different opinions and stuff. And then, as you go on throughout the conversation, Ariel goes, eh, I might not have been right about it. I might have been wrong about the whole thing. <laughs> so he takes like four different positions. I I didn't see a problem with Ariel's part of of the interview. I thought the questions he asked. We're inbounds. I thought Mr. 14-year-old child, Tony Khan, was, you know, super spastic and dumb. And I'm, you can't just talk about good things in life and not talk about the bad shit. You can't. Not when you run that company. That's not something that you can do. You can't just eat candy for every meal. You have to You have to actually get around to eating some broccoli and maybe some Brussels sprouts and some salad and shit. You have to talk about the tough times, particularly when somebody, you know, beats one of your biggest stars, walks out of the company in a huff, and now there's legal action going all over the place. And then you have another guy that's apparently trying to get out of his contract by assaulting people on a weekly basis backstage, and you just send him home. Let's not forget about that. (laughs) And then you're like, I don't think there's a problem. I think it's been overblown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's there's definitely not a problem. There's there's no question that it's not a problem. No. What the hell are you thinking? So that that was that was extremely frustrating. And he does at one point in time invite Ariel to be part of the the Jets Jaguars game on the twenty second of December. Yeah. Okay. So look, maybe I should know this. I don't know. But w- how did this Ariel guy? How did he get hit Tony Khan on his his show? Oh, there. Is he a, he's a, is he a he's a he's a well known like uh, MMA guy. Like he does a lot of. Oh, MMA okay. Media. He also does okay. pro wrestling interviews. And and the the ethical problem that Dave brought up is that Ariel had just finished doing a voiceover for that uh, match that Daniel Cormier was the referee for at Extreme Rules. Okay. WWE asked him, he did a little voiceover. So Dave was like, I don't know, kind of co-option. 
kind of co-ops your uh, your your ethics there. Not not yeah. a good thing. Motherfucker, yeah, the Bucks have a move named after you, Dave. It's a move. Like they say the name on TV. And you like love it. And you're like, oh, it's the Meltzer driver. And you whack off in the first row at, at, at you know at Reseda at Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Oh, it's the Meltzer driver. I'm gonna come. You know, it's a and then you're like, oh yeah, he's co-opted. He did a free voiceover for them and it's all over. That's why when they did the when they did the the whole thing and they were talking about um when Punk was talking about people backstage leaking stuff to the dirt sheets, Dave Dave goes, I wish he would have come to me because I would have just told him that wasn't happening. Well, you know, excuse the fuck out of me for thinking that the guys who named a move after you might have been mouthing off to you about shit backstage. Pardon me for thinking that that might have been a possibility because they've done it a million times. How dare you? Dave, Dave can't take ownership of this thing. He took complete ownership when they started the company off. That first year, everything was going great. It was like, Tony Khan is my son. He read my lose letters. He learned everything from me. And Bruce Mitchell was guilty of this, too, because you heard him on our shows. He read our stuff, and he knew how to book pro wrestling. And if Vince would have just listened to us over the years, he'd be in such better shape. So that was good, and, and and now, but that now that it's it's a stinking pile of shit, Meltzer tries to back away from it. I don't know anything about it. I have no idea. I don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> but I think well, least, I mean, maybe some of his sort his main sources are are, are uh, you know not there right now. Let's say I I think everybody's clamming up, and then I I think there's a thing that Dave does. I'd like if I ever got a chance to go to the one of those. <clears throat> figure four things and go to ask him a question be like, are there certain stories that you don't go with and don't reveal because it would expose your sources? Like there's only stuff that certain people would know. And if you start putting that in your newsletter or tweeting it out or whatever, then they're going to go, Oh, it's gotta be, I don't know. Uh, Dolph Ziggler because Ziggler was the only one in the company. We told that, right? Yeah. You know, there, there's some, some damn murder. She wrote people out there trying to, you know, figure that shit out. Who, who who the who the source is and that sort of shit. So yeah, man, can't give it away. Plus, I also think that there's there's times when they planted false stories on him to to try to get him to go with false shit to try to expose him as being a fraud or a phony or whatever. On, I think on TK, you talking about? I'm talking about like with Dave. They've like oh, oh I'm sorry sources. with Dave. That's right. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think there's been like sources like, hey, this is gonna happen, and then he goes with it, and they were like, aha, he doesn't know what he's <laughs> talking about. What a buffoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah even though you go you go back on some of the stuff that they they talk about uh, you, you hear eric bischoff whine about it and bitch about it and then you hear you know pritchard bitch about it and whine about it and then they go back and they talk about the same stuff where jr was there in the wwe and they go eh, Meltzer says this 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 and this and uh is that how it happened jr yeah pretty much that's pretty much how it happened that's pretty much how it went down and then uh, anything that paints the Jarrett territories in a good light. Well, that happens to be true. Or TNA it paints it in a good light. Well, that happens to be true. But the rest of it's bullshit. <laughs> the rest of the stuff that Meltzer says is just terrible. I also look, one of my favorite things on the Jeff Jarrett podcast, now that we're diving into this, yeah. is that he'll make something up. Is he'll, he'll say something about TNA, and Jeff will accuse him of, uh, like, making shit up just to sell newsletters. Like, yeah, I don't know that um, Abyss changing colors on his mask was going to get a lot of people subscribed to Wrestling Observer. I don't know if that was going to be something that really uh, moved the needle for him there, Jeff. Sorry, pal. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I did notice. How long have we been back to calling him Matt Riddle? Is that is that a fairly new thing? Uh, pretty much since Vince has been since gone. Since Vince left. So many yeah, things. However long that's been. Um, it's good. A good main event, I thought. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was good. I figured it would be. I mean, I, I, I didn't really. I didn't know how it was going to end. I thought the whole Elias thing was kind of weird, but okay. It was great to hear Elias uh, referencing his little brother uh, Ezekiel. Yeah, I was. I was. I was, I was kind of heartbroken not to see him there tonight too. <laughs> now, I I don't want to pat myself on my my back, but what did I what did I tell you from the beginning? I, I told you there would be no payoff the, for that. Yeah, I was going to say yeah, no payoff. <laughs> there nothing, was zero nothing, payoff for that. Nothing entire at the end thing. of the rainbow there. They had no clue about what they wanted to do with it. They had no clue what was going. They were just throwing <laughs> shit out there against the wall and see if it stuck. Nothing ever stuck. To be as far as I was concerned. Oh, it was shit, but it didn't stick. Oh, oh yeah, 
It ran right down the wall, buddy. <laughs> it was the drizzling shits. That is to be sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was a great main event. I thought they got enough time to work, and I guess they're setting up now for Mustafa Ali against uh, Seth Rollins, which is what it looks like. Yeah, that's um, – I don't know. What do you make of that? Well, I think it's got some promise to it. I mean, I think those two guys can work a really good program and – I'm a little confused because it was only a, two or three weeks ago. I thought that we were actually pushing Dolph Ziggler, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems to have gone know. by the wayside, huh? Yeah. Well, I, well see that when I texted you during the match and I said, I think Elias is going to turn on riddle. The reason I said that is because of earlier, you know, they kind of set up that Mustafa Ali thing and I figured he would, you know, come into play at some point. So that I figured that would be Rollins's next opponent. So, Maybe they were setting up for Riddle and Elias to kind of have a thing going, but I don't know. It didn't seem to pan out that way, even though they had that little bump up at the end. But um, but he didn't actually turn on him. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what uh, – I don't know about that, Mustafa. I mean, I'm glad. I like him. I think he's, he's really talented. It just seems like he gets these little mini pushes, and then he gets pushed off into the – corner again so hopefully this something will come out of this now you're i want to give you the lineup for uh for smackdown so you'll be ready for it on friday okay man hit me i know you saw it it's, the, it's huge it's the real needle mover almost will appear on uh, on friday <laughs> night smackdown <laughs> set those dvrs apparently he's pissed off at braun Strowman for being huge being huge yeah i think that's I, what i was gonna say i don't know but MVP will be talking for almost because <laughs> they just can't figure out what to do with that guy, right? God, man. I'm not even sure. I'm trying to figure that out. When I saw that, I'm like, I wonder where this is going to go. I wonder what's uh, going to end up here. Liv Morgan, as we still try to figure out what she's going to do against Sonya Deville. I Well, you've seen all the little conspiracy theory, wrestling theory shit going around the internet, right? About her. and Well, Ray I thought Wyatt. that she... Yeah, I thought she was going to be part of the Wyatt family. And then uh, Bray Wyatt, it, it seemed like at the end of SmackDown, kind of went into business for himself. Seemed like it. And then they they ran the thing that said that he's apparently Bray Wyatt is separate from a character that the thing that we were sawing, we were watching speak on Friday night. And whatever that thing is that was on the screen is coming to get the thing that we saw talking in the ring. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm still trying to. I think. Everyone's trying to put two and two together on that one. He said that you you have no idea. The, the thing that was the disembodied facial thing said that you have no idea who you're dealing with and blah, blah, blah. Yes, and I I, I think that it's pretty logical that Liv is going to be a part of the Firefly shithouse or whatever, whatever we're doing this time. Again, yeah. Bruce Pritchard spanking himself so hard he's going to put blisters on his dick. <clears throat> Jesus. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt if there's already blisters there. Uh WWE Women's... God damn it, Bruce. I don't want any blisters on your cock. Lubricate! That's how it used to be. That's how it used to be. Was that, was was that basement talk? Is that what you just did? Some basement talk? There's a little basement talk there. How did the... Uh, why wasn't Vince invited to Robert Kraft's big wedding on Friday night? I wonder why Vince wasn't there. I don't know. That would have been fun, right? Yeah. Maybe she's Robert about the crafts like, you know, you know, Vince, I just can't really, can't really have you here, buddy. I just got out of this whole massage parlor thing. I don't really. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. Oh, yeah. Let me ask you about those massage parlors. You got the address for those. Got a lot of time on your hands now, don't you, Vinny? Robert Kraft's uh, wife is 34 years younger than he is. Jeez. Of course she is. And so to me, that would be like marrying somebody who's 18. God, that would I be harsh. It, man. That's hard. Well, you see, honey, what Banana Rama is is a. <clears throat> it, yeah, it would be a lot of that. There would be a lot of that. It wouldn't even be that. It'd be like Third Eye Blind was this band, and and man, let's be honest. Let's be honest. This, this chick, you yeah. know, she she's madly in love with him. She has <laughs> it has nothing to do with 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 the wealth or anything. She is. I, I. I could just tell. I could just tell by the way you're talking. She's, she's deeply gonna, in she, love with him. She would be hopping on that wrinkled ass, eighty-one year old dick, no matter how much that man was worth. 
love at first sight. There's no question his disgusting. She uh, swiped right. His disgusting, chewed up sausage of a wiener would be just as happy and find a home in her mouth if he God. wasn't worth uh, five billion dollars. Oh, really? He <laughs> is. Well, I mean, I, I'm saying well, you're going to find out pretty quickly when they make Daniel Snyder sell the the Washington franchise, and then. That'll bump everybody up another billion dollars because that thing's going to go for a, a sick amount of money. <laughs> the rumor on that one is that Bezos has a, a hard on once that uh, Washington franchise. Oh, I can't believe that one either. Yeah, Gosh. it's a tough one. There's another man who's uh, not a, not any more attractive at all based on his bank account. Not a bit. Not a bit. <laughs> the WWE Women's Tag Team Titles on the line is Damage Control Defense against Raquel Rodriguez and Shotzi. That's on Friday Night SmackDown. And this is going to be the thing that makes you tune in okay. at, 7, at 7.59. Logan Paul returning. God almighty. <laughs> <laughs> Logan Paul continuing as we cram this up the ass of the uh, WWE Universe. I'd be glad when that shit's over, dude. I mean, I'm sorry. Well, I'll just be glad that whole crown jewel shit's over anyway, but particularly that Logan Paul. So I'm so, I just don't, and, and I'm sorry. And you can call it the age gap thing. And I've even called it the age gap thing, but I'm telling you, if I was 30 years younger, I'd still wouldn't like that guy. I'd be like, just, just get off my wrestling. You think he'd, you'd still think he's a massive tool. Oh yeah. Oh, without question. You mentioned it, Crown Jewel from Riyadh, and we have announced at least one match. Lashley and Lesnar getting it on. Yeah, well, and, two matches, actually. Oh, and a six-man six -man tag team match with the OC taking on Judgment Day as Gallows and Anderson are back in World Wrestling Entertainment. And tonight we saw the Cameron Grimes debut on Monday Night Raw as he talks to his old friends Gallows and Anderson and gets them to come to Raw. I guess Halloween Havoc is... Tuesday night, and is he will be tomorrow night as as I we think record. So. I think okay. so. Let me make sure because I know he's. It's a big deal. It's a big deal that uh, Cameron got those guys to tag with. Okay, him. okay. I just uh, over didn't. I, I must have just missed the whole Halloween havoc part. It probably is. Let me see. Should take place? Oh no, it's Saturday. My bad. It is a oh, premium really? event. Streaming it's a premium event, okay. Premium event streaming live on uh, the well, it says uh, the, the peacock on, here. on the cock on the cock. That's what it's going to be. Um, here we go. This is, is this the 2022 version that I'm looking at? Let me take a look. Mm. Braun Breaker versus Ilja Dragunov versus JD McDonough. Uh, Carmelo Hayes versus Oro Mensah versus Wesley versus Von Wagner versus Nathan Fraser. Roxanne Perez against Cora, Cora Jade. I noticed on your Chiron, you're saying, so how are we on Cora Jade? Where are we on Cora Jade? Yeah, I don't know. I, like I mean, it. I'm just I'm just curious. I mean, she just seems to be getting a, the huge push out of the females and had the big heel turn a month or so ago. So just wondered how you what, what your feelings were on her. I like her, but I don't quite understand why – they haven't figured out that Mandy Rose probably needs to be on WWE television, like on Raw or SmackDown. I don't understand how, like, she seems to be doing very well, Mandy Rose does. Yes. And I don't know how that doesn't translate into her doing, like, super well on Friday nights or Monday nights. Yeah, like, uh, why? in other words, why is she not back on the, the two main shows? Yeah, I don't know why like that full time. Be. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's a good question. So um, uh, you, Cam Cameron's matches on Tuesday night will not obviously be at uh, okay at Halloween Havoc. Okay, so I think that, I, that doesn't he have something over that Joe Gacy dude? Is I think that's right. Halloween Havoc match. Okay. Well, I, I'm looking at the Halloween Havoc matches. I don't see uh, Cameron figuring in yet. Okay. Okay. Maybe they haven't announced that yet. But he's, Roxanne, that's who he's been feuding with. The Roxanne Perez versus Cora Jade match is a spin the wheel, make the deal, weapons wild match. Which uh, okay. uh, I don't know if TNA is going to sue, but that's what that sounds like. So TNA to me, it's not even funny. It is pretty TNA, right? Uh, Julius Creed against Darnon Kemp in an ambulance match. Hello, Memphis. Um, you know, if uh, Cora J, if you add Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez's ages together, I'd still be like ten years older than him. Yeah, I feel you. 
Apollo Crews in action against Grayson Waller. And Mandy Rose defending that championship against Alba Fire. Alba Fire. That's your... Uh, Kaylee well, Ray. Well, I thought... Now, I thought they were pushing the shit out of Nikita there for a minute, right? Yeah, but she's got that tag team thing going on with uh, What's-Her-Face. Right, but Zoe. then they... And they were, gonna, they were supposed to be on TV, but then they didn't have their vaccinations like about a month or six weeks ago or something, and then it seems right. like ever since then they cooled them down. Yeah. Uh, I, I, that might be have something to do with it, actually. And now that you say that, Very I don't weird. know. Back to uh, Blood Money in Riyadh. Uh, OC, AJ Styles, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows taking on Judgment Day. That's going to be uh, the big payoff. So there you go. Last week on Raw, Brock Lesnar appeared on TV and beat the shit out of Lashley. Really just beat the shit out of him, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Slung him around. That's crazy. Man, I didn't know what was going on there. Who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy in that one? You know, I just thought of something, man, about this whole Mustafa Ali thing. You don't think they're setting this up because of who he is and his heritage or culture or what, you know, his background, and then dropping it after that, right? Could very well be the case, but I don't know why in the past they haven't exploited that when they were going over there. I don't either. I don't know. Um, but I'm sorry. But yeah, that just kind of hit me. I'm like, I hope I hope not, man. I hope that's not just another. It'd be just like before, you know, the other two t- couple times I was talking about. He just kind of flashing a pan and back in the corner you go. That's it. Um, also on Monday Night Raw, there was some good stuff tonight on Monday Night Raw. What do you think of the new announce? Bad. What do you think of the new announce team? Um. Mm, I'm getting used to it. I I I think I think, uh, I think uh, <laughs> Shamrock is JBL's calling him. I think I, th- I think Shamrock's doing pretty well, man. Uh, he he's you know he, you could tell he's still new. I mean I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and judge him because uh, I mean I couldn't do it. Just jump in there and do that shit. So, uh, but I, I I like him. I think he's got more personality than that Jimmy guy, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith had like the perfect name for a Jimmy Smith. Yeah, there was like so it was so generic. Oh my god, yes. Um, and what did you what, what did you make of, of JBL giving the rub to uh, the artist formerly known as Happy Corbin? Uh, I, you know, I thought it was going to be I thought that was going to be Elias coming yeah. out. I, I didn't. I forgot about it. I forgot about it. now that I thought about it. After I saw Corbin come out, I remembered that. I think you may have seen it when it, at the end of one of the episodes, I guess of, of SmackDown, he gets into a limo. This is mm-hmm. like a month ago, and he, he's been gone, and it looked like JBL's limo thing with the horns and shit. So I forgot about that. I should have known, but yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I guess he's is he going to be like his his spokesman now? Is he going to be like his MVP to almost now? Is that know. what the deal is? Anything that gets another paycheck for John Bradshaw Layfield, well, I'm, I'm in favor of. Fuck that. I don't, you know, <laughs> I was trying not to, you know, I was trying to discern the the person from the character there. But now that you bring it up, I, I just, I can't hold back anymore. He's an asshole and I could give a shit less. I really hope he's not the spokesperson as much as I can't stand Baron Corbin. I'd rather be Baron Corbin by himself than that piece of crap standing uh, there beside of him and then uh, Ziggler does the job to get Corbin over again I thought I thought Ziggler had been pushed not that long ago but apparently I was wrong he was Mustafa uh, Corbin was last seen it says here on David Meltzer's website in early September losing to Shinsuke Nakamura on the September 2nd episode of, of Smackdown later in the show as Corbin was sulking in the parking lot backstage JB pulled up to him that's what you were talking about in his white limo and told him to get in Tonight, after introducing I, Corbin, see, I don't remember. I don't remember that showing actually showing JBL. You were coming in of, the car, Michael. Michael. <laughs> Why is it? Hey, you know, there's actually two people now that, that the Michael with two yeah. different. <laughs> yeah. Michael. There's. After introducing Corbin, JBL said that Corbin could succeed in any era, including the Attitude Era. Um, did you did you enjoy the Degeneration X uh, 
Speaking of jacking off, <laughs> at the end of Raw last week, you know that was some dumb shit right there. I, I got to tell you, I, I I pretty much despise that. I could not stand it. <laughs> it, was it was so horrible. bad. Even yeah. like even like uh, like China was calling from beyond the grave, going, "Yeah, just don't don't just don't even, don't even bring me up. Yeah, don't even I'm, bring my name up, y'all. I'm good player. I'll just be over here. Y'all don't." Need <laughs> And when, and, and when and, and when would you think that at any point X-Pac would be the one you'd look in that ring and go, I think I'd hang out with him. I know. That's like the most normal, most human person of all of them, right? How did that happen? They let the um, audience say the name Billy Gunn. And then I guess I, that's cool. I heard Corey Graves say something like, the other guy's doing something else or something like that. I heard him say yeah. something like that as yeah. the crowd was like getting all... Oh, here's another one of my and, favorite. And was it me, dude, or was it me, or did 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 damn Road Dog get on your nerves chiming in with those little one-liners when Triple H was trying to talk? Oh yeah, it was stupid. The whole thing was terrible. Well, yeah, well, yes, yes, yes. It was bad. Um, another one of my favorite things, apparently, on WWE television every week, somebody different is doing it now. When Roman is in the um, ring, somebody will put up a giant sign that says "Acknowledge these nuts." <laughs> <laughs> I have seen one of those signs. It's on the hard weekly thing. It's like that old Washington State flag at, uh, at Game <laughs> yeah, Day. Oh, college game game day. Day. Somebody just has <laughs> to have that sign. <laughs> I saw it Friday night, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's hilarious!" They need to keep it, even like when Roman's like gone, like doing movies. They still just that, that, that sign. Yeah, like needs to be the Washington State <laughs> flag, <laughs> and I'm just up here. Acknowledge <laughs> these nuts. Right when he does his acknowledge me thing, it's right there. I don't care. It's funny as shit. I loved it. Now, have you caught uh, any of the episodes of Tales of the Territory, Tales from the Territories yet? No, I, no, I have not. I've heard some good stuff about it though. The most recent one was about Andy Kaufman. So we've done basically two weeks of Memphis to start. One of them was the deep dive on Memphis with the Round Table with the Jarretts and Jimmy Hart and Jerry the King Lawler and Dutch. And then yeah. last week, they just kind of focused completely on Andy Kaufman, which was fine. But I, I guess I'm at the age, and I don't know if you are as well. You may disagree with this. I pretty much heard everything I ever want to hear about the Andy Kaufman thing. Um, thank you for saying that. And, yes, <laughs> uh, I, I think I could have said that maybe 10 to 15 years ago, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. There was a couple of nice – like, I, I wish somebody would have been like, was, was David Letterman in on – the slap. I don't know for sure that David was in on it or not that I, I, and I wish somebody would, would ask that question or answer that question or something. And, um, has that been meant to keep meant to be kept secret this whole time or a lot of it was, I mean, the um, part about Dave, what yeah. you just said about him being in on it. Yeah. I don't know. They, they've just, Dave, Dave was always so thankful to them because they, a lot of them said they always called it the special show because it kind of helped put that show on the map. It was one of the first big late night things that he ever did. It got him a lot of publicity. Right. I believe um, it. I go back and there's, there's clips of this on TV. You can go back and see the, the David Letterman show when they put it on, on daytime television for the six weeks that it ran. And you can see like, Oh, this is like, and you, and you can look back to like 1980 and you can go, oh, this is not going to, there's no way America's going to accept this shit. <laughs> There's just not, like, this is not after, like, the Today yeah, Show. Not the 11 a.m. weekday morning America, no. It's not, it's not right before card sharks or whatever. This is not yeah. going to float. I'm no, sorry. It's not going to fly. It's not, sorry. I'm sorry. And I, I mean, I love you guys. And I, I wish America could handle it, but they, they just couldn't. So you say that oh, some of those are on YouTube? Yeah, or? some of those are. Yeah, some of the original, okay. the old David Letterman shows. That's cool. And I'll then. Um, people may not know it, but they had that, that huge Johnny Carson, you, you're aware of this, the big Johnny Carson contract dispute with NBC where he declared himself a free agent. And then he sort of kind of looked around and he flirted with ABC and ABC was going to give him just sick amounts of money and all kind of control and stuff. But he eventually he stayed with NBC. And, and as part of that deal, he got control of the slot immediately after the tonight show. And that's what gave birth to late night with David Letterman. That was, that's what was the beginning of all that. Wow. What yeah. could have happened if he went to ABC, man? They, 
they had a, a meeting there's there it's in several books uh it's in bushkin's book and stuff they had a meeting like at joan river's house where abc people are there and they had to talk in very bre- in broad terms because he's still technically under contract but they were like hypothetically could you see this happening this happening and this happening they're like yeah it's whatever you want you can have i don't care you can fuck my daughter uh you can drive my car you can take a shit in my kitchen. I don't care. It's whatever. <laughs> and he talked, Johnny talked to somebody and it was like one of the big, and I can't remember who it was, but it was one of the old school guys from like old television. And they said, look, it's just very hard for people when they're in the habit at 1130 tuning into this channel at this time to switch. And Johnny goes, mm, okay. And they gave him, I think it was at the time, the most lucrative entertainment contract ever signed. I believe. I wouldn't doubt it because they were using that Jackie Coogan rule. I think is what it was where you can't keep somebody under contract for more than like seven years or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then NBC was like, no, we, we understand it to be one way. And he was like, no, we understand it to be another way. And they went to court and they were like, well, yeah, he's, he's Carson's right. He's pretty much a free agent. So that's why they were like, well, we have to just pay him whatever we want to. Cause NBC at that, this would have been during the super train era of NBC where the only fucking thing they had that was working was that 1130 show <laughs> on Monday through Friday. So we've got to keep this guy. Right. Yeah, man. And you know, that's a shame that, that, that super train has kind of lost its flair, you know, over the years. <laughs> <laughs> that used uh, to be the go-to for, for dubious shit, you know. It was super train, Pink Lady and Jeff. All, all Pink Lady fantastic. and Jeff. <laughs> all the great NBC shows of that Damn. era. <laughs> Which is funny because that's another guy. Jeff Altman was a guy that would always come on Letterman because Letterman loved that guy. And he would yeah. tell fantastic yeah. stories. So the, yeah, he actually went on to have a very decent career. A great stand up. Oddly enough. Fantastic stand up. Um, so they talked the only the only nugget that I really got about the um the Kaufman thing that really kind of made me smile, made me laugh, thought it was was good, was they were they're in the ring and he he's it was after Lawler had pile driven the shit out of Andy Kaufman and he's laying there in the ring dead. And he he's in there like waving to the crowd and Jerry Jerry Lawler's cousin, Jerry Calhoun, who was the bearded referee that you see all the time in the Memphis Clips. That was he Haystack's comes up brother, right? What's that? Was that Haystack's brother? That was Haystack's brother. Uh, Haystack's, and he weighed 400 pounds less than Haystack somehow. So they were very uh, – <laughs> so Jerry Calhoun goes up to uh, Lawler as he's, like, waving to the crowd and smiling and everything, and they're cheering him. And he goes, uh, Kaufman wants uh, an ambulance. And like Lawler's trying to tell him, like smiling through his seat, like, no, I can't have it. That's going to cost us like $800. <laughs> we're not going to do that. And he's just smiling and waving. And Calhoun goes back to law, back to the coffin. He comes back to Lawler. And he, goes, uh, he says he'll pay for it. Okay. Get him an ambulance. And he's like just <laughs> waving and smiling at the crowd. So Kaufman pays for the ambulance, pays for the, the ride to the hospital. Pay, he stays in the hospital for three days to sell this, pays for all of that himself so that he could sell it. And they have the interviews with him while he's in the hospital, and he puts the business over. He goes, um, like they interview him on the news in Memphis, and he, and he goes, I thought wrestling wasn't real, but I, I know this was real because <laughs> he's sitting there and he's allegedly in traction and he's dying and everything. <laughs> wow. That's pretty so, cool. And then they, like – they they said he's got the, the after Kaufman died they found all of these checks that it, that Jerry had written to to Andy to pay him for uh, a lot of a lot of main events a lot of you know a lot of a lot of big sellouts at yeah. the um, Mid South Coliseum and he never cashed any of them so he he did all of this stuff on his own dime lost money doing it just because he wanted to do it wow yeah I mean it's like. I mean, he got a higher profile, and I guess he could make some money on some other specials and stuff like that, but he he never cashed the checks. And Lawler and those guys were like, well, I'd like to have one of those. That would be, be a very interesting artifact to have as one of those old checks that Jerry Jarrett wrote to a- Andy Kaufman. Oh, no doubt, man. And one of the one of the, the mythology things that they kind of um, shot down was that the whole thing drew well from beginning to end. That was not – Oh, yeah. That was not – I was – I mean, I, I you know – since we didn't see Memphis wrestling around here, I, we could just see the clips of it. And, uh, I think I actually saw the actual show. I don't, I, I can't really remember. 
but I, I've definitely seen some of the clips. So, you know, I, I, I don't, I can't really equate it to anything that I saw in, in, in NWA, like, like as far as like some TV star coming in kind of thing. I mean, I don't even think we had anything close to that. No, it was unique. It was, it was very interesting and he got, got him a lot of publicity and stuff, made him a lot of money. Oh yeah, for sure. I wonder how many like closet wrestling fans there are like in Hollywood, like big stars kind of like that. I think some of them are into it and then some of them kind of let it be known and try to get, you know, main event stuff. And I know they, I, I listened to a lot of the Dan Lebitard content. They have Michelle Beadle on, of course she was for a long time, very welcome um, in the WWE. And then she got into a little spat with, uh, AJ Lee one time because she called, uh, CM Punk like an asshole or something like that. And she thought that AJ overheard it and thought she was being extremely disrespectful. And it turned into a bit of a thing. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. It was weird. Right. Yeah, it was. When you first see like the, 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 like the headline of those two, like what the hell? Very, very, very weird. Very odd. So uh, I'm not sure. Let me see. Uh, oh yeah, they're doing the AWA this week on uh, Tales from the Territories. Okay. And I'm not sure who's going to be on the roundtable. Um, I'm not. I, I saw some of the folks, but I can't remember exactly who's going to be on. They were they were making a big deal out of the Mad Dog Vashon hanging out of an airplane story. I know that <laughs> was going to be. What um what night is that on again? Uh, I want to say, is it, is it it's Wednesday? Wednesday? It's either Tuesday or I think maybe, maybe Tuesday at 10. Tuesday. Okay. I'll look on I'll vice. The vice fails from the territories. Uh, well, this is, well, they've got the entire listing for the season there. AWA blood, uh, body slams in the heartland. Yes. That is tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. Okay. Described as Vern Gagne creates the American Wrestling Association with one singular goal, return dignity and athleticism to a business losing, losing touch with both. How did that work out? Yeah, he tried. <laughs> oh, Lord, how he tried. <laughs> and then Colonel De Beers was painting people black. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Coming up uh. October the 25th, CWF Bloodstains in the Everglades Championship Wrestling from Florida was known. Oh, I thought it was going to be Carolina Wrestling Federation. Carolina Fe Wrestling Federation, Gibsonville, North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Bloodstains near Burlington Road. That's the name of the episode. It's going to be. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Championship Wrestling from Florida was known for a training regime that both elevated its wrestlers and literally broke newcomers like future WWE star. Hulk Hogan. That's October the 25th. You know, they could do a Carolina Wrestling Federation documentary or a territory thing like that. And it'd be just as entertaining as some of these, man. I guarantee you. Pop Town, on come one. on, man. They were um they were working on one. They were working on uh really? it was called the boy it was called the boys from Gibsonville, but I don't think it was the guy. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. I, I can't remember that guy's name, but I met him. He's the guy that did the ECW barbed wire city one okay. uh, several okay. years ago. And he's pretty good. He's very talented. I met him a few times, talked to him several times. He's a really good guy. And I don't know whatever happened to that. I guess they closed down the promotion before he got a chance to finish everything. Yeah. yeah. All elite wrestling announcing on uh, October the 7th, the champion John Moxley signed a five-year deal meaning he'll be under contract until the fall of 2027. The release noted that Moxley duties would be expanded to include mentoring and coaching talent. The signing ends a period where Moxley was both the biggest and most secretive free agent in wrestling, uh, allegedly while he still had a title around his waist. Allegedly. Well, I mean, after they kind of like have a big fight backstage and they're like, well, we can't have this guy with the title anymore because we just, we might have legal action against him. Uh Mox, I think your bargaining position got a little stronger here, buddy. Uh is line two. <laughs> In addition, Renee Paquette signing with the company. She is now uh, doing interviews and shit like that. And uh, I I love her. I don't know how throwing a bunch of money at her moves the needle for ratings, but okay. I I, I hope it wasn't for ratings. I, I don't see her 
putting butts in the seats. I mean, I, I think people like her and stuff, but I don't think people are going to tune in to see her. On her podcast, Paquet praised her time in WWE, saying it felt like I had done everything there was I could possibly do. Looking back at my time in WWE, I would just like to reiterate as well, because I feel like you can get very muddy in these conversations because people become very territorial about WWE versus AEW and all that. I want nothing to do with any of that. I love so many people at both companies. WWE was so great to me for years, of course. Yeah, I can have my gripes about things, but who couldn't about my any job? They gave me such a great platform, and I really did have a great time there. And obviously, this opportunity now with AEW would not be afforded to me had I not had the reputation and career that I was able to have in WWE. It should be noted that Michael Cole, who handles WWE announcers, regularly checked in with her after she left WWE and, as of late, wanted to bring her back for the new season. Hmm. It's funny, Renee continues, because as much as I've been around a lot, I never really want to talk to Tony Khan about coming to AEW. And Tony Khan just said, here, can I give you a shit ton of money? And then uh, she said, okay. That's probably what exactly happened. That's essentially, you just can't stop this guy from paying people. I mean, that's, that's what it seems like. Even if he comes backstage and hits people. I don't want you to pay me any more money. I don't care. You can come back here. You can hit me and beat me up. You can sodomize my dog. I'm still going to write you a check, sir. Well, what about if he hides behind some boxes and like sucker punches somebody when they walk by? I don't care. Here's your Doesn't check. Okay. Here's your here's your twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> Good try. <laughs> I insist on giving you even more money. <laughs> uh. I'm trying to look at some more aid. I think I, I was thinking about this tonight and they they're saying that Moxley may be, maybe the MVP of, of, uh, of AEW this year. Um, why not? Well, I think I mean, MJF I, I has to, to be say up it, but it, it, MJF well, has to be considered. Uh, okay. Considered. Okay. Considered. I'll give you considered, but I just, I don't know with that whole, deal about him being gone for a couple three months however long it was that 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 kind of i don't know that kind of blackens the old eye a little bit it does and i, I love the idea they, the story came out that they had to do a wellness check on his hotel they had to, like the security had to come and check and make sure he wasn't dead or something yeah. <laughs> like that's to me that's like that's fairly funny uh, that's fairly funny yeah like that he's he's mind fucking them and there's also in the back of tony khan's mind oh shit Jeff Hardy overdosed. This guy could overdose. Oh shit, we're fucked. Oh no, oh, my god! All of a sudden, you got yourself a flying Brian situation in a hotel room somewhere in Vegas, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's kind of the path this whole AEW shit's heading down, anyway. What do you? They're th not careful. Well, now I, I Moxley, I'll accept maybe as the uh, guy as far as being the MVP of the promotion. Who do you think it is in WWE? WWE, woo. Oh boy. <clears throat> um I mean you got to say Roman but <clears throat> I mean there's the argument for Seth there. Uh, I think Sami Zayn. I'll say I'll Sa say Sami's Sami's been strong. Sami's been unbelievable. First of all, that match that he had at WrestleMania with Johnny Knoxville, which could have been just a, the drizzling shits, he turned it into something pretty entertaining for what it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, for uh, I totally agree with you, man. I was so not looking forward to that match. And then he did something with it, and then he's able to kind of do something with the shit he does now, and he's turned – I mean, he's he's enhanced the entire bloodline situation. Oh, my God, yeah, for sure. And, and like I said last time, I, I – I'm I'm really anxious to see where this is, what the payoff is for this. I I can't tell what the what what exactly is, you know, the whole thread going on here. Well, eventually they're going to turn on him because he, he's he's a baby face anyway. He gets baby face reactions right now anyway. But right? he's doing heel stuff though. I know he does heel shit, but they can't not cheer him. I just I don't know. I, I well. Yeah, they're probably going to turn on him, but I don't know. I don't know because, see, I, it's, to me, it seems like the Usos they they could say and, and Roman they still get you know quite a few pops themselves. So I, they you do. Know, it's hard. It's hard to. 
You know, it's kind of hard to draw that line between uh, face and heel there. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I just I, – I, see, I don't know if, if, if Sammy's, like, trying to, like, break up the whole tribe thing, tribal thing, you know, for – but I don't know why he would want to do that. What what is his what is his ultimatum? What is it not ultimatum, but what is his, his end goal game. here? Yeah, his end game here. Unless he's got something lined up and somebody to help him out or somebody behind the scenes or something like That's that. That's what I was thinking. Ah, there you go. Um yeah, I, I think Sami Zayn's got some strong considerations. Oh, he's dude, he's been every week he's stronger, I'm telling you. This was the note um, that I wanted to talk about. Kathleen Finch, the chairwoman and chief content officer for WBD, Warner Brothers Discovery, made what sounds like a major vote of confidence for AEW and the Hollywood Reporter. She said they are looking at doing 4,000 hours of original content for their U.S. networks and looking for new scripted series for TBS and TNT, as well as new sports franchises that would work on those stations. She said, we really play in the sports space. One of the things that we're doing around sports is creating shoulder programming to hold onto those fans. AEW pulls huge numbers, so we're working with the wrestling team to figure out what new kind of content can we build that's not in the wrestling ring. Gee, are you ready for the uh, the the Billy Gunn and family uh, reality TV show? We See, here's the thing. Do wrestling fans really want this shit? Do wrestling no. fans really give a fuck about that stuff, man? No, but they feel like with WWE, like Total Divas gave them entree into another market and helped create attention for the product, like for WWE. So they're looking for shit like that. Plus, let's that not was like in a bottle, though. Kind of, maybe, and maybe outlived its usefulness by at least four seasons. Um, but then they got the spinoff Total Bellas, which starred <laughs> Johnny well, Ace, who might be having a little bit of a marital problem right now. There's a reality show for you. Let's follow Johnny yeah, Ace. Yeah, we're the cameras now. Exactly. Uh, I'm not sure which lawyer I want to hire. Why can't we fucking do that shit? <laughs> Let's not forget. I'd Warner watch Brothers. that. Warner Brothers Discovery, ever since Discovery took over, has been cutting shit left and right. And these reality kind of shows are cheap as shit. They're very cheap. So obviously, since they already have the intellectual property and it's on board, of course. And I, while we're on the subject of Warner Brothers Discovery and AEW, mm. that was another thing that Tony Khan said in that fucking interview, and I wish he would shut up about it. Apparently, somebody handed him a book about business. Have you heard this story? I don't think so. When he first met with the, the Warner Brothers, and they said, here, read this. This is your brand. And he's called it's a book, something about being a challenger brand. And he's Pepsi. They figured out AEW is Pepsi. And WWE, of course, is Coke. Right. It's okay to be Coke. You don't have to always try to undercut, but you have to be so you can just be the best Pepsi you can. You can make a shit ton of money. And he references that all the time. Motherfucker. Tony, they handed you a book. They didn't say live your entire life, take a shit, eat by this, drive by this, breathe through this. It's just a suggestion. It's not like how you should. It's not a blueprint for fucking life, dude. You can think outside of the box. It's just a way of thinking. They didn't want you to live your entire fucking life based on this one book that they gave you in a passing moment to get you, little rich boy, off of their ass for a minute. Holy shit. He references that thing all the time as though it's the Holy Bible. Oh, drives me nuts. As noted before, they had been filming a reality show with AEW couples to fill the slot of Roads to the Top. Wow, and what a slot that was. Well, you know, somebody's got to do it. I can't believe nobody from that network, nobody from the new regime has looked at Rose at the Top and went, oh, yeah, we're never trying anything again. <laughs> that was a huge, that was a massive. Uh, in fact, I think since they overturned Roe versus Wade, I don't think it would even be legal because that was an abortion. That, that, was, yeah. that, was, that was, I don't even think that we could, that's bad shit. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that should have been a lesson, teacher. Um, Tony Khan is also pitching ROH as a as a separate show. There you go. That makes sense with the theory of you, what you said a couple of weeks ago with Chris Jericho having the ROH title. Good on you, Bryant. You got that one right. You nailed it. Well, and I can't take all the credit. All Elite Women as a separate show. Well. Okay, hold up. Hey, speaking of hold Salt up. Peter. Speaking of Salt Peter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I now mean, that no Soraya's there and Soraya's going to be able to maybe not 
ever wrestle? Uh, well, then she got a little physical last time out, right? Yeah, a little bit, but I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I just, ever since I saw that she was charging 80 bucks at WrestleCade to, to turn you off, with her, I just kind of like, eh. Um, David Meltzer writes, my belief is that there is no demand for adding hours of wrestling content and wrestling fans have as many hours now and can't watch all of them, which is a reason rampage numbers were sliding because of the major shows. Oh, let me also interject. It's cause you're just putting bullshit matches on rampage kind of as an afterthought. Ah, uh, you don't think so. Come on. <laughs> I'm just going to say again, as Tony defends cold matches with no anything, 10 o'clock Friday night, uh, yeah, I'd love to see Orange Cassidy against some guy that was wrestling in Peoria last Friday. Why not? Of course, I'm going to stay up and watch that. What do you think about but that? However, one? well, I will say the Orange Cassidy pack match was pretty good. And he's, he's the new title holder now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy who cuts zero promos now holds one of your titles. Good on you. Well, who doesn't hold a title? I mean... To be honest, <laughs> well, there's 150 of them, including that NATO title. What the, isn't that the one? NATO that's one that's one Orange Cassidy, has, that's the right? one he has. That's the NATO yeah. title, yeah. I believe so. That's the one North Pat American has. Treaty Organization, yeah. The NATO title. Um, uh, David says that in wrestling content, my belief is that uh, it is the most can't it's the most can't miss because of lesser star power. But Rampage is still top five at its time slot on cable most weeks, and WBD alone has 30 stations. I don't know why he calls network stations, but that's something that Dave does. Like He considers TNT to be a station. Don't TV touch that dial. Yeah. There's a lot of fuzz. That when calendar. I to, when, I, when I turn into a lot of fuzz, I have to get him to go on the roof and readjust the, the yeah. antenna. It's really tough. Regarding the situation with those suspended over the fight, None of the five had heard have heard anything from AEW. Well, that makes sense. All of the five are continuing to get paid when you figure the contracts for four of the five are well in excess of a million bucks. The total weekly outlay for people who are not working is enormous. How is that not a recipe for success, Bryant? I uh, no, I don't know. Let me talk about CPA. Paying, how is paying a shit ton of people not to work uh, just absolutely the pinnacle of success? Gee, that seems like what happened at WCW, doesn't it? It sounds awfully familiar. It sure does. Most are frustrated because they want to be back at work at this point. Punk may be the exception since he can't work for a long time due to the surgery. None are allowed to speak, but several want to, but have no idea if they will be allowed to. Hmm. Any rumors of anyone being fired, anyone being told they aren't coming back or anything like that are incorrect as of midweek at least. None have been given the, any impression of a timetable. Some thought the Adam Page promo on Dynamite talking about his friends disappearing, Colt Cabana, Stu Grayson, and Alan Angels, and his former friends disappearing, which was in reference to the Young Bucks and Omega almost for sure, as a sign that they are being acknowledged and it's settled, they'll be back soon. That is not the case. But they did allow the reference, but not the names to be spoken. Well, it, Tony Khan's doing a fantastic job of leadership, isn't he? Oh, hasn't he always? In addition to paying people who strike people backstage, he now is not communicating to people who may be under some sort of legal action and just continuing just to write checks to them and telling them to shut the fuck up. Oh, and, and, and again, let's not forget about Mr. Sucker Punch. Right. Who wouldn't want to roaming work around the backstage? Who wouldn't want to be a part of that organization? If so I sign with you, I'm going to like sucker punch somebody and I'm going to continue to get my checks. Hell yeah. Dotted line. Can, can I pick the person that I, that I can sucker punch? <laughs> are, are you picking them for me? As we mentioned last time, and we're not doing these as regularly as we did, but last time we talked, it was like, if you're in an organization and you know that somebody's going to continue to assault somebody, you kind of have a duty to fire them. <laughs> Never been a COO or CEO, no. but you know, Again, I, I would think that, you know, this is why, this is why it's, not, it's not, I know it's not a publicly traded company, but just look at any kind of company you want to T-Mobile or uh, Yum Brands. Or, you know, if you want IBM or 3M, if somebody's like, I'm going to come to work and assault this person. Oh, no, no, you don't. I'm not going to fire you. You just go home, think about what you did and you go cash home, that check. About, yeah, you cash that check. Go, go sit on the beach and think about that. Go I think want about you to you think did. about what you've done. And I love that. Well, I don't know. They don't, I don't know if they, they really picked a side on that whole uh, Sammy Guevara versus Andrade thing. Well. One guy had to go home. One guy got his his wrestling match on television. 
I think we figured out who won. I think we figured out who who they're siding with. Seems like yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. It seems like it. I don't know. Not Maybe gonna, just not go full fledged say they. We know, but it seems, it like, seems it. like it. Any other closing thoughts on another award winning episode of Katie Vick is alive alive? Um, I, you know, I meant to mention this last time. Uh, we don't acknowledge a lot of people that we talk to through our, our podcast or communicate through because of our podcast, I guess I should say. Uh, but I heard from someone that we haven't heard from in a while uh, who uh, sent me a message. It's probably it's now it's probably been about a month ago, but our friend Mark Sterry in, in, uh, in Minnesota who listens sure. to, uh, who listens to us uh, a lot and has his own podcast. If you're into music, he's a, he's a big music guy up in the Minnesota area, Minneapolis. Well, I think it's around Minneapolis, uh, but he's in Minnesota for sure. Uh, he plays around um, the whole state. I know he goes over to Wisconsin. So if you're up that way, check him out and he was happy to hear from us because uh apparently he hadn't heard from us uh for a while since we had our issue with uh with the itunes so he couldn't oh, find us for a while yeah so so now he's back with us so uh it was just good to hear from him and glad he's back listening to us again he'll no doubt be paying attention to that tales from the territories with the uh, awa that's it. That's his, that's his jive, man. That's the territory right there. Bryant is available for you to follow and converse with and all sorts of stuff on social media, Bryce sports. That's good for Twitter and Instagram, BRY sports. And on TikTok, Stanley Jackson, 23, the show itself can be followed at Katie Vick alive. I am Britt Whitmire, B R I T T W H I T M I R E on the Twitter machine <laughs> on Instagram. It's B dub for reels, B D U B B number four, R E E L Z B dub for reels. And if you want to support what we do at our Amazon store, easy to do that. KatieVick.com does not change the price of the stuff you're buying, but it helps us out. And we appreciate your support at KatieVick.com. Till next time, fans, we'll see you ringside. Fans, that'll do it for this week. See you next week. And until then, so long for now.